Why is recorded in front of a live studio audience. I slept oh. for about 12 and a half hours last night. That's crazy. I woke up this morning and like in that, what's the opposite of twilight haze? Whatever that is. I don't know, death haze. Right. <clears throat> I was lying there and there was sun coming through the, the shade and I was like, it had this weird thing where I'm like, oh, it's probably like eight o'clock, maybe something like that. And then in my mind, looked at my phone and it was like 4.30. Okay. Zero surprise in my like reaction was like, well, it's 4.30 p.m. Okay, cool. Like, did not matter. I was just like, I, I, you could tell me wherever, wherever I am, you could tell me I was there. Like, I, I did not care. I woke up and I'm just That's like, awesome. I feel better. <clears throat> I locked the cat out of the room. So that's sad. Well, he woke up one of the children instead. So he got his, he got his day off to a great start. Oh. Um, but oh my goodness. Uh, Good. I feel like a new person. I don't know what I'm going to do with a new person. I don't know. I mean, if you're not like curmudgeon and crotchety and. Oh, no, that's coming back. Oh, okay. This is why, with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. No, this wasn't like a Christmas carol kind of thing where I. Okay. I just want to yeah, make sure. I, well, I, I figure not, if it was, I would certainly visit you as a ghost. I would Jacob I, Marley all the way. Right. No, I I did not uh, throw my debit card at a child out on the street and tell him to go buy the fattest goose he can find. There was none of that. That's, that's good. I feel so. if I was Jacob Marley, though, I think I would change my look. Like, there would still be chains. Mm, but right. I think I'd go, like, enthrall, kind of dominatrix Jacob Marley. Okay. Right. Well, that's, I mean, it is weird that he's wearing the same clothes he wore to work every day. But he was a very tragic man. I know, but just hygienically speaking. Well, who knows? Maybe I wear those to work every day. I mean, I could. We talked to enough people. No, uh, but I'm just saying, like, your traditional Jacob Marley was always in the same, like, his work, like, I don't know. Was Goofy? In his work clothes? I believe he was, yes. Okay. I couldn't remember he had, like, robes. Maybe <laughs> tell, me he what, wore... tell me what casual Goofy looks like in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Goofy... No, please, Jacob tell me. Marley is my favorite. <laughs> I am more of a Statler and Waldorf Jacob Marley. No, I love Statler and Waldorf. Do not get me wrong. Clearly, they are, in some ways, <laughs> our spirit animals. But right. <laughs> um, there's... I don't know. It's not... That Mickey's Christmas Carol is my favorite. It's not, but I really like Goofy Jacob Barley. Mm-hmm. When I get it too, and I feel like that one, I I believe I had the record as well. So I like did that, too, and I had the Tinkerbell book. I probably had that too. Um, but like it, that that text is ingrained on my memory. In which, if you started playing it, I'd be like, "Oh no, I heard this yesterday." Right. Most so, of those records are. Oh, definitely. The Davy um, the Davy Crockett one is for me. Oh, I don't know if I've heard that one. I loved it at the time. I have. I found thought Fess Parker was hot. This tracks one hundred percent, and mm-hmm. um, and I have to go through all my. I have to find a VHS player first, but all of my Dean Martin Variety Hour that 
my that <laughs> Uncle Mark saved for me <laughs> when my grandma died. This okay, just keep going because is... you don't know how much I love that show. There's an episode with Fess Parker that's hilarious. And I have to find it. This is both the most surprisingly unsurprising thing about you. I just imagine I... at eight sitting down Saturday morning as everyone's still asleep in the house and putting on your Dean Martin celebrity roasts. I don't watch like the roasts. Very... I watch the variety hour. Oh, the variety hour. And you're just very fancy. You're in like a, a pink robe. You've made your own like hot chocolate that you're drinking out of the like coffee cups. Of course. Because you want to look sophisticated of and professional. I'm sure I had a, I'm sure I had a tiara on or a Wonder oh, Woman crown. Yes, exactly. Probably cowboy. Boy boots. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think yeah. I channeled all of my dreams yes. in one fell swoop. I'm sure yeah, I have this... photos looking exactly like that. And uh, if your mother's listening, I'm good, but thank you for your concern. Oh, she'll send them to you. Yes, thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, no, none of this surprises me in the least. I know, but it is the greatest show. I don't know. Like, why was... isn't it on Pluto? Like, everything's on Pluto. This is true. I tried to, I got 10 minutes into showing the children the premiere pilot episode of Murder, She Wrote, before my wife was just like, I can't. Please stop. They're old enough. Oh, I don't think it was that. I think it was was just, she's like, I just can't relive these years. Yes, because I read something somewhere. It was like an obit for a writer on Hawaii Five-0, and I've had it in my craw as of late. Like, I really want to watch Hawaii Five-0 again. Oh yeah, the original. Because I think uh, I, I think I knew when I watched it back then. I had zero idea of what was going on. Right. Jack Lord was just Jack Lord. I mean, what's, right. Right. And so I was like, I wonder what that what that's like now. If I watch the and like follow the plot, I'm just like, this is so stupid. Which it probably is, but it is. Columbo's good though. This is what I've heard. I keep mm-hmm. meaning because people. In the pandemic, we're saying, like, Columbo is there, like, end of the night, like, everything's mm-hmm. going to be okay. One more question, and yeah, we were good. Columbo's good. I mean, I still love all of them, because I, well, I sure. mean, heart to heart, I would watch any day. I really want to watch Moonlighting. Oh, that's my favorite. I watch it all the time. Like the it's second it came one. on, I was, I know we talked, what you remember? It was like my whole world changed the day it came back. There's a lot of days that your whole world changes. <laughs> I can't keep them all straight. This is why I can hate Christmas because every day of the year is Christmas for me. Right. It's a surprise and delight no it's, matter what. Yeah. Oh, the world's ending. Surprise. Wait, it's Tuesday. I didn't miss it. Yes. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always say Dave's a labradoodle to me. No, I'm like a, I'm a Shih Tzu, I think. Mm. or a terrier i might be a cairn terrier you're warren is what you are i am warren <laughs> i'm totally warren i will take that any yeah. day perfectly happy to be warren just oh wait there's a box i can sit in okay yes oh this but, is comfortable i'll go to sleep now yes well except i don't sleep i'll be like oh i think i'll play well but then <laughs> but you would have that warren thing of like sleeping in intervals and then yes this is true cat naps i do cat yeah. nap. Exactly. Also known as a disco nap, which I also do. How did they come up with that name? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and yeah, I don't even let you need to go. Well, you need to go back to Moonlighting because Moonlighting yes. is the greatest show ever. 
Like I yes. had a whole, <clears throat> this is where I'll come back to you because I had a whole like plan, like that I pitched to my parents as to why I needed a TV in my room so that I could watch Moonlighting when mm. we were, when we were in England. So, and I won, but it was the best show and I, and everything about it. And my fellow Oakland university alum and your fellow secret society member, mm, her, Curtis Armstrong. Her, Herbert Viola on Moonlighting. Yes. <clears throat> it's fantastic on it. Secret society. I'm not in skull and bones. I mean, not yet. <laughs> yeah, they haven't. I haven't gotten that invite. Right. Um, and it just and Bruce was. They were like such. They were both just sexy. I, it's interesting. I just. I think we've talked about this. Read this book about the history of action movies and sort of like where modern day action movies starting with. Sylvester Stallone and I guess mm-hmm. they put Rocky in there, but then you've got uh the Conan yeah. films and and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um but there's obviously a whole section on Die Hard and the fact that nobody thought he could carry that movie is in retrospect mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. Um and then like because originally they had to offer the part to Frank Sinatra. Which that's insane. Because he owned the rights to it. Also <laughs> insane. Also insane. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's one of those f- stories where it's like, there's no way this movie should be good. Right. You know, it's the Casablanca thing of like, right. no way this is going to turn out decent. And yet, it does. And yet, every year we're throwing Hans Gruber off the top of Nakatomi. Every year, and to... people are still arguing over whether or not it's a Christmas movie. What came first, the uh, naked or the gardening? I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Well, um, actually, the naked came first. That's a good point. I guess for everybody it did. I feel like for everyone. Good question, Luke. And I guess I just want to kind of clarify a couple of points about World Naked Gardening Day. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is that the common narrative is that was started here in America. Um, actually, that's not the case, uh, at least uh, from our from my perspective. Um, it has been commercially initiated here in America, uh, but that's not really where it started. Um, the first Naked Gardening Day actually occurred in 2003 um, at Abbey House Gardens in England. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian and Barbara Pollard, who are nudists, naturists, um, bought uh, the Abbey House Gardens in 1994, which was kind of a rundown old Benedictine abbey. And they had they were gardeners. They were huge gardeners. And they, uh, in the process of doing their gardening, they worked nude 
because they had a, an isolated property. And the BBC filmed them in, I think, 2000, 2000 or 2001. And it was a very popular show. <laughs> and in 2003, they decided to open Abbey House Gardens to the public for the first time. And that was the first, as far as I'm concerned, that was the first real public demonstration of Naked Gardening Day. Okay. And they didn't call it World Naked Gardening Day. They just opened Abbey House Gardens to the public. And the public by then had heard about it and wanted to participate with them in naked gardening. Um, it was very successful. And these folks over the pond uh, have continued that tradition ever since then. Uh, although Abbey House Gardens subsequently was sold, uh, unfortunately, Ian and Barbara got divorced. And, you know, things happened to kind of move that away from uh, Abbey House Gardens. But uh, but the origination of naked gardening, as far as I'm concerned, occurred in 2003. Um, then in 2005, and actually I was on the board of the Naturist Action Committee back when that happened, and we had heard about it, and we wanted to do something with it. And Mark Story and his partner um, uh, really uh, took the ball and ran with it and made it the commercial sort of highly visible uh, holiday or you know naked holiday that we know it as today is the World Naked Gardening Day, and that occurred um, in 2005. Um, and since then, of course, its fame has grown. It's a very popular day for a number of reasons. Um, although um, those of us in Michigan, and frankly, most of us north of the Mason-Dixon line, aren't very supportive of the current date. Um, yeah, it's not great for us. It's a terrible. <laughs> and, and this is one of the reasons why I refer back to Barbara and Ian Pollard in England, because in England, uh, the first uh, Saturday in May is sometimes pretty nice. Right. Uh, their their climate is different than ours. And uh, so they have a legitimate uh, potential <laughs> reason for thinking it's a, it's a nice day to garden. Uh, Certainly from, optimistic. You got to give them that. Well, plus they're always <laughs> used to a bit of a chill there. So, you know, it's all we, we're at Michigan. We get tempted with beautiful days. They just get, you know, milder, but not our extremes. Well, just to give you some perspective on this, uh, Michigan is in zone seven of the, 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 the gardening world. And uh, I'm I've taken the master gardening class. And I can tell you that uh, we've been advised not to plant. Uh, vegetables or anything outside until Memorial Day, yeah. which is May wow. 31st. Right. Because we can have a hard frost up until that date. Oh, yes. So that'll give you an idea of how far away. <laughs> and frankly, Wisconsin and Minnesota and yeah. else in the North is from, uh, from the, you know, the first Saturday in May. It's simply not often a good day to be outside nude because it's rarely... 70 to 75 degrees, which is when a lot of us at least like it to be warm enough to be naked. Yes. So, yeah. so that's a little bit of background um, on World Naked Gardening Day, kind of how it came about, where, where it is now, and and kind of one of the issues that uh, I believe is facing uh, the holiday is that uh, we could simply get a lot more participation if we moved it back to the first Saturday in June or 
you know, some other date. I'm not married to any date, but I'm I'm sorry, I'm very unmarried to the date we've got right now. <laughs> I, I think it's far from optimal. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I feel like October we have really my birthday's in October and we have great weather here in Michigan in October. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be lovely. October is often very mild. Um, and what's your what's your birthday, Heidi, if I can ask? It's the 22nd. Oh, mine's the 18th. See, we have so much in common. So much. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, um, World Naked Gardening Day is is just a wonderful event. I mean, I, it just, it, uh, it immediately attracted, and of course, uh, if you know much about the English culture, the English love gardening. I, I yes. mean, it's just a, a huge thing over there. Um of course we do too but in england it's just it's just one of the major cultural pursuits and so it immediately gravitated uh to the naturists in england of which there are many and mm-hmm. it became a, a very very strong uh kind of concept i i believe that one of the reasons it's so strong i've been a naturist for many many years and i'm on the board of two naturist organizations and one of the key elements of what makes, I think, garden, Naked Gardening Day so so compelling is the fact that fundamentally naturism is about our getting back to nature, uh, mm-hmm. getting back to our roots. And there's really not much better way to do that than kneeling in a garden, you know, digging in the dirt, planting, planting plants, um, and celebrating the life that comes about at the beginning of the season. And as a naturist, that that's my passion with naturism is being outdoors in nature, uh, swimming, hiking, uh, doing all the things you do. And and gardening is just one of those central fundamental tenets, in my mind, of connecting with nature. And so I think it's a it's a wonderful marriage uh, between naturism and gardening. And uh, for those that haven't tried it, I, I strongly encourage you to do so, especially if it's warm enough out. <laughs> <laughs> It's literally getting to the root, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, and, and it seems like such a low bar of entry for folks who are intrigued and want to give naturism a shot. It's not like you know, there's the world naked, uh, the bike ride. There is yeah, go topless. It's all this other things that sort of require you to go somewhere and do something. And all you know, world naked gardening requires is just step outside your house and reconnect with the land and your your own land or your your environment well you know that's that's exactly right it's it it almost and anybody can plant a tomato plant in uh, mm-hmm. even if it's a, a container uh garden on the balcony of your apartment building you know as long as you have some amount of privacy and um you know those of us in the naturist action committee uh that's the, one of the boards i'm on you know we're working to try and make it so that you should be able to do things like garden in your backyard without offending the authorities or your next door neighbor mm-hmm. uh, because uh n- naked gardening is certainly not indecent or lewd uh it's simply doing something that you do anyway we just clothes free and uh, part of our initiative part of our mission is to expand the abilities of people to live clothes free whether it's gardening swimming, uh, hiking in the woods, and so forth, because there's really nothing indecent or lewd about any of those activities. 
Uh, and and that's one of our charges. And and it's 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 tough in this culture, but it's one of the things we're working on. And and World Naked Gardening Day is a great way to demonstrate how innocent and and natural uh, gardening in the nude is. And that's one of the things. So we're very supportive of it. And um, when uh, the Naturist Education Foundation meets, which is the other board I'm on, uh, that's one of our, you know, uh, sort of issues that we want to talk about how we're going to further promote, publicize and and uh, bring to the mainstream uh, the issue of World Naked Gardening Day. Plus, it's better for think of how much less washing detergent you use. Mm-hmm. Think of how much less water you run doing laundry. Think of how many less clothes you have to throw away because you were in the mud or in the woods, also in the mud. So it's yep. good for multiple reasons. Good Absolutely. for the environment. Absolutely, and uh, and the soul, and just the the sort of connection between your skin and the ground when you dig in the ground, and the feeling of the dirt and so forth. It's just a, a wonderfully tactile, sensual, and and affirming activity that really makes you feel very connected to the universe and to the world around us. And and I think it's all good stuff. The serotonin is. is way up when you uh when you garden and garden nude. <laughs> you think the the day is it bringing in do you feel like it's bringing in more uh naturists to the idea of gardening or bringing more gardeners into the world of naturists? Like what's that Venn diagram have you seen? Sure. I, I think most naturists um, are aware of World Naked Gardening Day, I, and I and I think uh, some of them will <clears throat> take advantage of it. I've found uh, I've done a couple of press releases that have been published in the mainstream press, and I think the uh, the novelty aspect uh, of World Naked Gardening Day is is appealing to many non naturists. I think it becomes a potential gateway for those who have maybe thought about uh, trying clothes-free activities. It becomes an easy entry point. Um, You know, I I don't know if you know this or not, but I have a nudist bed and breakfast um, in Michigan. And uh, I I host uh, quite a few first-timers, people that have never done a clothes-free stay at a resort or at a bed and breakfast before. And, you know, when I talk to them, they say, well, you know, many of these folks will say, you know, we've talked about this for 20 years. We've we've talked about trying clothes free uh, living uh, or we've talked about going to a nudist resort. And and we finally taken the plunge. We were here and we're kind of excited about it. You know, and we think this will be fun. And it is. I mean, they once they get past that decision point of deciding to try it, they realize, wow, this is uh, this is transformational it's it's reaffirming it's it just it's just liberating it's wonderful you know they just kind of gush (laughs) about what a great experience living clothes free is and i think for non-naturists the ability to experiment or try out naturism in the privacy of their backyard by digging in the dirt with kind of a realistic um application (laughs) i won't talk Mm -hmm. As it were, of uh, of naturist activities is a great entry point, and so I'm I'm personally more 
more excited about bringing non-naturists into the naturist world by getting them to try naked gardening. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of my bias, I guess. Mm -hmm. oh, makes and sense. with naturists, obviously, like you were saying, a lot of them come with a, a connection to the earth and this desire to sort of be more at one with, with the world around them. Are there naturists with like brown thumbs who are just terrible at gardening? <laughs> Well, naturism does not necessarily imbue you with <laughs> ability. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I would probably be one of those with a relative, even though I took a master gardening course, I don't claim to be the best gardener in the world. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, uh, I would certainly encourage naturists to use World Naked Gardening Day as a way to try it again if they've tried gardening and, and haven't found it as successful as they like. But uh, Everybody can try uh, a tomato plant in, in a container or, you know, uh, a few flowers, a few, uh, whether it's, you know, vegetables or flowers. Um, I'm basically a tree guy. I mostly mm -hmm. work on trees. I plant trees, transplant trees. And that's my my kind of frame of reference for gardening. But uh, everybody can have their own. And uh, if you're a flower person, the idea of planting your annuals or tending to your perennials in the spring is a great opportunity to do that close-free. So, yeah, I don't think, unfortunately, uh, a naturist card does not get you uh, points in the, in the gardening world, but uh, but you're Fine. certainly encouraged. I, I feel like, though, if you, as long as you go out, like, into your garden or into your yard, if you bring a chia pet and do a chia pet out there mm. naked, I feel like that can count. And everyone can do a chia pet. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a problem solved. <laughs> well, the, the key, you're right, Heidi, the, the key is to just get out there. Be out there outdoors. Um, even if you're just going to rake up some leaves in, in your lawn, you know, if you can do that, uh, depending on if you've got the privacy to do that, I mean, it's a great way to all of a sudden feel you're outside raking leaves and you're in the spring fresh air and smell that uh, that that earthy humus smell that comes about when you, you know, rake the rake the yard. I mean, it's just the idea of getting out there and uh, especially for non-naturists, because there's such there's such an aha moment when they do that. It's like the first time you go skinny dipping and you realize what swimming without a swimming suit is like. It's like mm -hmm. a whole different thing. It's not just minus a swimsuit. It's like adding a whole dimension, right. a sensual dimension to the world of swimming. And only when you try that, do you realize how wonderful that is. <laughs> so we, we kind of want to apply the same thing to gardening. Yeah. But no first timers allowed to use any hedge clippers, any mm. yeah. <laughs> lawn mowers, none of that. Because you got to crawl before you can walk. You got to crawl before you can walk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is the kind of ages you're seeing with naturists, uh, both involved in World Naked Gardening Day, but also with your BNB? Is it an older clientele? Is it shifting younger? Do you sense that the understanding, acceptance, practicing of this these type of things is is growing with younger folks or does it feel like it's sort of fading into the distance well you know that's a great question and my experience has been that the profile visitor uh in my shop and i think that kind of con confirms the research 
is that folks from the, and of course, age is kind of relative. Uh, for me, mm. I'm a little older, so 40 to 50 years old is not old for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we tend to see couples in their 40s and early 50s quite a bit. That's mm-hmm. kind of the profile. And, you know, I think part of it is the fact that earlier, well, a couple of things. Number one, our culture, our American culture is so imbued with body shame and guilt. It takes a while for people to deal with that. You know, we Mm -hmm. have young people that, I mean, we have school districts that have canceled PE because they can't get kids to take showers. Right. It's the the kind of paranoia that exists in our culture right now over being naked is just crazy. And so what I found is that folks, as they get a little older, they're more comfortable with their bodies. They're not as uptight about the notion of what somebody else thinks about their bodies. And they, you know, they will call me or make a reservation and they say, you know what? We've talked about this for a long time. We thought it might be appealing. And you know what? Now we don't care what anybody else thinks. Now we're just going to do it. Mm. And so it kind of takes that level of emotional maturity and kind of getting past all the noise that's in our media about perfect bodies. And, and you know, I've had people say, you know, is everybody that comes to your place, are they fit? Are they, you know, youthful and, you know, looking like models and, and so forth? And I said, no, it's it's everyday people. Mm-hmm. They same body shape as you or me. Um, it's all shapes and sizes. And, you know, naturism is about body acceptance. And the first body you have to accept is your own. Yeah. And it's amazing. One. It's amazing how transformational that concept is, because when you accept your own body, you're much more likely to accept others. You're much more likely to be less judgmental about other people and their bodies once you're comfortable with the fact that you don't have a perfect body. I don't. None of us do. There are no perfect bodies. And and uh, I did an article. I, I used to write a column for the local paper here, and I frequently write on naturism. And I said, look, the average model is 5'11 and weighs 112 pounds. The average American woman is 5'7 and weighs 140 pounds. Now, how does that, how do you reconcile that? You right. We are faced with a continual set of disappointments every time we turn on the TV because we don't look like the people that are on the screen. And that does not help you in terms of your self-image, in terms of your body image, in terms of your self-confidence. It's, it's a huge problem in our society. And, and the people that suffer most, frankly, are teenage girls. They're the mm-hmm. ones that end up being bulimic, that commit suicide, that cut themselves because they don't feel they're measuring up. And one of the tremendous benefits of naturism is that when you face yourself and you accept your body, you accept other people's bodies, you become a much more comfortable person living in our world and being able to stand away from the media stereotypes and say, that's not us. That's not reality. That's television. And we don't need to worry about that. And I think that's one of the most compelling arguments for naturism that anyone can make is that it helps us accept who we are and be comfortable with who we are in our bodies, in our skin. And, and so to 
to that end, it seems like a, a B&B, like a weekend away is sort of a perfect, like you said, chance yeah. to dip your toe in the water and sort of see, have I reached that level of emotional maturity in some ways? Right. Um, but for guests coming to your B&B, what do you got going on there? I saw you just put in, there's a pickleball court, there is a bocce, right? <laughs> well, I try to, I'm open all year round, so I mm-hmm. try to have uh, a, a lots of activities because as I've, as I've told other people who have bed and breakfast, my bed and breakfast is not like anyone else's. In a typical bed and breakfast, you show up, uh, put your luggage in your room, and you go out to dinner. And then you come back and go to sleep. And the next day you get up and you go out and see the sights. And then you, you know, or you have breakfast. Then then you go out and see the sights. And then you come back and, you know, repeat that. In my bed and breakfast, no one goes anywhere. Hmm. They show up, they take their clothes off, and they stay there for the entire weekend. And they don't, as a matter of fact, I've initiated Saturday night dinners because people don't want to put their clothes on and go into town. There's once you are comfortable living clothes free, it really becomes annoying to have to put your clothes on. And so I have a lot of activities, both indoors and out. I have a pond so people can swim, use a kayak or a paddleboard. Uh, they can fish. Uh, we have hiking trails. I have a bocce court, a pickleball court, a uh, horseshoe pit. And then indoors, there's a recreation area and in home theater board games, two libraries. I mean, there's a ton of things for people to do. And as a result, um, people have no interest in in going outside or, you know, having to put their clothes on and go anywhere else. Uh, it's And that's my goal. My goal is my goal is when people leave on Sunday at noon or early afternoon, they say, do we have to put our clothes on now? And and I say, I can only control what happens up to the gate <laughs> on your own. But that's my goal. And for a lot of first timers, that's their reaction. They say, we just love living clothes free. We never realized how much of a difference it would make in our environment. And of course, during the summer, just being able to walk in and out of the house without clothes on is just magical. And and they walk down there's an outdoor shower down by the pond so they can go for a swim take a shower outdoors uh then go for a stroll come up and play pickleball or whatever and that's the idea is give people a sense of what living 360 uh in a 360 degree environment is to live close free and and ideally that's what you know naked gardening can do is introduce them to the potential of what living clothes free would look like if you expanded that that activity. Nice. Amazing. I feel uh, like I'd still show up with a ton of luggage. Like I wouldn't wear any, I wouldn't, it's not about the clothing. I just feel like I'd have too much makeup and brushes. So I'd be the person at the this is about clothing accepting optional yourself, place. Heidi. Well, I do. And I would have no problem just but hanging out. I just would still show up with luggage. Do, yeah. I think I'd be afraid I'd get cold. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird so, when do people get nude when they come to the b&b do they just walk in do they do it at the car do they go up to their rooms yeah i pretty much take people to their rooms and mm-hmm. then they change in their rooms and uh especially for first timers that's a more comfortable way to introduce them mm-hmm. uh, but 
you know, uh, and most of the people that are, are my repeat customers, of which most most of my folks are repeat customers, yeah, they know exactly what to do. They bring bring their their luggage in, what have you. And it's funny because people don't need a lot of luggage to, to come to stay at a nudist resort, right? But mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes they bring bring some things and. And uh, then they'll change pretty quickly, and they'll be out uh, and down at the pond or walking around pretty quickly. And then first timers, I give them a tour, show them the surroundings, and get them comfortable with the idea. I'm sort of my I'm on 40 acres, and then I'm surrounded by 300 acres of wetland. So it's a very isolated, very pristine environment. And once people see that, they're so much more comfortable than deciding to go for a walk. Uh, on the hiking trails and so forth. So it happens pretty quickly. Wonderful. Um, last question for me. You're big on towels, is what yeah. I can tell from the website. Yeah. Or sitting down and things like that. Yeah. Towels are a must. Right. Yeah, we nudists deal with a lot of towels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, as part of our hygiene protocol, you always sit on a towel. Yes. So provide basically three sets of towels for every guest. Uh, One is to sit on, one is for the beach or the hot tub, and then one is for the bath, the bathroom. So three sets of towels. And uh, yeah, I go, I go through lots of towels. That's part of the part of the business and uh, it's fun. And once people realize how that works, they think, Oh, this is really cool. So I'm going down to the beach. I'll take that towel and, and so forth. So, yeah, the towel situation is important, and one and people get it; they pick it up pretty quickly. World Naked Gardening Day is being held Saturday, May fourth, twenty twenty four. Mark your calendars. For more information, check out the website, natureseducation.org slash WNGD. And to find out more about the bed and breakfast, nuancebb.us. Why the Podcast is produced by the Professional Production Company. Please be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because we're shallow and need constant validation. For more information, you can check out our website, whythepodcast.com. And like everyone else, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was recorded and produced by Heidi Hedquist and myself from our world headquarters located on the second floor of the professional office building, centrally located downtown. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sauvey and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. Nigel, is that you? Are you here, Nigel?